page 
don't have a special this evening. Savior's love.
Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. thankful tonight for all that the Lord has done. Thankful for His grace and His mercy. Thankful for the day to worship Him. The night to get rest in to have another day to worship Him. And You know, if we go tonight and go back to sleep and we don't wake up, we'll have an eternal day to worship Him. And that's going to be a better day than the 24-hour day that we know today. But I'm thankful tonight that we are able to turn unto the Lord. And that's the thought we have this evening, turn unto the Lord. So if you would stand with us, we'll read our key verse, and then we will get backwards a few verses to the beginning. He says this in chapter 30, verse 10 of Deuteronomy, If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law, and if thou turn unto the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Father, tonight we thank thee, Lord, for the many blessings that you give us. And we ask you, Father, help us tonight to preach the word according to your will, your plan, and your purpose. Lead us, dear God, we ask tonight, Father, that we'll do what you'd have us to do in Jesus' holy name. And amen. Amen. You may be seated. God desires to reward his people. God desires to have a relationship with his people. God desires to do great and mighty things for his people. And a lot of times, the, the, the reason things are, and I will say it just like it is, uh, the reason the way things are the way they are is because nobody wants God to do anything nice. And then I just say that. Because, see, if we do the things that we're supposed to do, God will send forth blessings. 
God will send forth comforts. God will send forth guidance. God will send forth protection. God sends leadership. But if we don't, then God sends forth punishment. And we're living in an hour when people want the punishment of God and don't even realize what they're asking for because they don't care that God is a, a jealous God. They don't care that God is a God of wrath. They don't care that God is the God of vengeance. And God said that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. And listen to me. He said that he will repay to their face now, not off in the backwoods somewheres. And if you think about it this way, the Bible says that we shall all stand in judgment. We'll stand before God and you and I face to face with God will either be receptive of rewards or we will be sent into punishment. And so he says in verse 1, And it shall come to pass when all these things are come upon thee, the blessing and the curse, which I shall set before thee, and thou shalt call them to mind among all nations, whether the Lord thy God hath driven thee. And thou shalt return unto the Lord thy God and shalt obey his voice according to that to all that I command thee this day and thine thy children with all thine heart and with all thy soul that then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee and I will return and gather thee from all the nations whether the Lord hath scattered thee. Now look at this very carefully. He says, when it shall come to pass, when all of these things that are set upon thee, the blessing and the curse, which I have set before thee, thou shalt call them to mind among all the nations. Listen, they said, you're going to remember what I've said. If you think about it this way, church, this evening. If we would turn to God today, when we stand before him in judgment, we're going to remember all the promises of blessings. We're going to remember all the promises of eternal rest. We're going to remember the new body, the, the, the new body that will be forever and ever in the presence of the Lord. We're going to remember that it's never going to get hot. It's never going to get cold. We're never going to get thirsty. We're never going to get hungry. There's never going to be any sickness. There's not going to be any pain. There's not going to be any party. Everything's going to be wonderful and beautiful when we get to heaven. Uh, but when we stand before God also this, remember this, if you stand before God lost, you will remember every time salvation was offered to you. You remember all the times God spoke to you. You remember the times you were awakened at night that God was calling out to you, kind of like uh, he was when he was calling out to Samuel. And, and then finally Eli told Samuel the next time God calls to say, here am I, Lord. And listen to what he has to say. We will remember all the times that God reach forth a hand of mercy, a hand of love, a hand of opportunity, a hand to lift us up, and we will remember every time how we rejected God in that day. If we stand before him with Jesus Christ, though, it's opposite like I just shared. He said, though, he said, when, when it comes to pass and you come to this place, he said this, and thou shalt return unto the Lord thy God. And shall obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, and the children thy children with all thine heart and with all thy soul. It's not enough to come to God with a mouth service. If you think about the children of Israel, how many times did the children of Israel say, we'll serve you, God. We'll follow you, God. The Lord's our God. There ain't no God but God, and we're going to do everything. And yet they would not do that. They, they refused to do that. They hardened their hearts toward God. They wouldn't accept his law. They wouldn't accept his covenant. They wouldn't follow the path that he gave. And even when God was walking before them, uh, showing them everything, uh, leading them out there, I guess you could say that he was leading them by the pathway of righteousness unto the promised land, even when God was doing all of that, they would simply say, no, God, not going that way. It didn't turn the way I wanted to go. It didn't happen the way that I wanted it to happen. It didn't do what I wanted to do. It didn't accomplish what I wanted it to accomplish. And they would get upset and they would go their own way. They would follow after Baal and Balaam. They would follow after the gods of the other countries. They would follow after their own gods. They would make gods. I mean, just think about it this way. When Moses is up on the mount and they bring all the earrings and everything, all the gold uh, to Aaron there, uh, or to, I guess to Aaron, I can't remember which one. Anyways, they bring it all there and they put it all there and they melt it all down. He said, up come this cat. It just popped up out of thin air. I mean, I don't have them do it. Here it is. The truth of the matter is, had they not been doing what they were doing, they would have never had the opportunity, or they'd have never melted it down, they would have never had to go to 
worship. But they wouldn't listen to God. He says this in verse 3, Then thou will turn, the Lord will turn. When you remember these things and get your heart right, then the Lord will turn. The Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion on thee and will return and gather thee from all the nations where the Lord has scattered thee. If any of thine be driven out unto thy outmost part of heaven, from thence will the Lord gather thee and from this will he fetch thee. And the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed and thou shalt possess it and he will do with thee, or he will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers. And the Lord God will circumcise thine heart and thy heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with, that thou mayest live. God will do a transforming and a transformation in our lives. Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but rather be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Here's what God is doing. He said, if you'll come to me, I will transform your seed. I will change the way that the outlook is. He said, and the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart. Jesus himself said, not the circumcision of the flesh, but the circumcision of the heart. He is not a Jew that is one outwardly, but rather one inwardly. It takes a transformation of the heart. And by the way, only God can transform the heart. We might change the mind, but God can transform the heart. He said, and the Lord thy God will put all these curses on thine enemies. Now, I don't know about you, but, but, but me and Brother Don, we was talking this morning, and I can't remember just how it came out, but Brother, you said you wouldn't wear certain things upon your, on your worst enemies. And, and you know what? There's things we wouldn't. We wouldn't want our enemies to, and to have. I, I think about this all the time. I don't want those folks over in Gaza dying. I mean, I don't rejoice in the Palestinians that are getting killed over there. But, but here's the deal. When you go against God and God's people, God's going to take care of the problem. And God's going to deal with the issue. It's no pleasure for God to see the death of the wicked either, by the way. God doesn't rejoice when somebody dies lost. It breaks his heart because there's an opportunity to be saved there. But God said this. If you will serve me, follow me, love me, and honor me, and you do it with all of your heart, all the curses that I've said would be upon you will not be on you. You will be blessed because you followed me. But those curses will go on your enemies. Now the greatest enemy I got is the devil. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't care how bad he's cursed. I, I mean to tell you, he, he needs to suffer, 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 suffer for all that he's already done. And, and just to be honest with you, when God had to throw him out of heaven, it was no pleasure. God did not create, if you would say it this way, God did not create anything evil, but evil things came. And God does say that he created evil, but, but, but look at me what I'm saying here. When God did what he done, it was because God is a just God, a loving God, and a holy God. But God has somebody now to send the curse to, and God wants to send it out that way instead of in this way. God doesn't have a desire to curse you and I. He said, If thou shalt obey the voice of the Lord and do all of his commandments which I command thee this day. And the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of, the, of thine hand, in the fruit of thy body, in the fruit of thy cattle, in the fruit of thy land for good. And for the Lord will again, now look at this church, and the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good as he rejoiced over thy fathers. Now the Bible said that there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that cometh unto repentance than over ninety-nine just that needeth not. And yet we just read in the scripture there where God said if the children of Israel would come back to where they needed to be with him. In other words, if you think of this, if we'll come back to where we need to be with God and we'll get right with God, then God God himself rejoices over us. That's something to think about. That ought to make us rejoice to know that God rejoices. And he rejoices over us. But you got to turn. Turn unto the Lord. Go over to 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 15. 
Again, starting in verse 1. Look at this church. He said, And the Spirit of God came upon Ezariah the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa, and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judea, and Benjamin, the Lord is with you while you be with him. Now that ought to be an obvious thing then, right? If God will be with me while I'm with God, I want to be with God. I want to stay on the right side of this. I want to be in the place of plenty. I want to be in the place of blessing. I want to be in the place of security. I want to be in the place of opportunity. I want to be in the place of righteousness and holiness. I want to be in God's. Not in his place, taking his place, but in God's place. In other words, it's like being in the house of God this evening, right? If you got, if you think about it this way, the first rule about this church of uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas, now this is supposed to be the house of God. And, and if it's the house of God, I want to be in this place. That's where I want to be. I'd rather be here than be anywhere else tonight, I promise you. I'm glad I'm here. But he goes on. He said this. He said, the Lord will be with thee while you be with him. If you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now, now that's pretty clear. People say, well, but the Bible says that God said that he will never leave us nor forsake us. He didn't. Now, look at what he said right there. He didn't say he will forsake you and therefore you can forsake him. He just said, if you forsake him, he will forsake you. In other words, if you leave off, he'll let you go. God's not a, not, he's not a, a, a slave taskmaster. He's not one who's gonna put you in chains and hold you in place. It, it is like this, if you will turn to God, God will take you, but if you won't turn to God, God's not gonna force you. Amen. So he says, if you will seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now for a long season, Israel has been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. Church, can I ask you a question? Are we not dangerously in that place ourselves today in our country? It said for a long season, Israel hath been without God. It wasn't very long ago, but it seems like a long time ago in some aspect. It wasn't very long ago when the church was on fire for God. I mean, it didn't matter what denomination you were in. You could go in there. A preacher would open up, but, and I say this, any true denomination, all right? The preacher would open up a good old King James Bible. He would start to preach, and it wouldn't be very long, and you knew that the anointing would be on the man of God, a preaching the word of God to the children of God, and people would be excited about what was being said. They'd be excited about what was being sung, and they would have a good time in the house of God. They'd feel like they'd been there, and I can remember this as a child, and don't take me wrong, but as a child, I can remember how long does this have to go? I was lost. I was undone. I didn't understand what was going on. I couldn't comprehend in my mind why somebody would start singing this power in the blood, and somebody would start shouting, or somebody start rapping, like a clap in their hands. I, I didn't understand a lot of that, uh, but I'm here to tell you tonight, I understand that, and I would to God that we can get back to the Spirit of God, that the people of God would act like they had something to rejoice about, and that God would once again be alive and well in the midst of the people of God because they sought Him, and they loved Him, and they wanted Him. But now for a long season, Israel hath been without the true God. We're living in that time today. The church is without the true God. It's make-believe God. A God that doesn't care. A God that doesn't mind. A God that understands. If you think about it this way, we've made God what we are. And the Bible says that they tried in the book of Romans, tried to make the uncorruptible God into that of a corruptible man. And that's exactly what they've done today. So that God, does, he's just like you and I, but he's not, church. We're supposed to be like him. Amen. It's the wrong way around. He goes on, he said, but they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord, God of Israel, and sought him, and he was found of them. Church, I'll tell you something. I, I thought about this this afternoon. And I was thinking about this. This is a, 
as I was, I was studying over this and, and, and I was thinking, you know what? It's just like us. The devil rises up and we get defeated. We get discouraged. We get downtrodden. And with everything going on today, we look out across the world today and we say, hey, well, you know what? It's going to happen that way. And I mean, I mean, just stop to think about it for, for a moment tonight. If we look out across the future and we look at what's going on in, in America today, it wasn't very long ago that preachers preached against a lot of things that are going on. They, they would stand up and they would they would preach against fornication. They'd preach against adultery. They'd preach against uh, all the sins that was there in the Bible. Uh, homosexuality, liars and cheating and stealing and all these things. And today the, the, today the world just says, well, you know what? It's gonna, that's the way it's going to happen. It's just going to go there. We look at our children and we say, you know what? They're going to lie. They're going to steal. They're going to do this and they're going to do that. They're going to do drugs. They're going to try alcohol. They're going to commit fornication. They're going to commit this and they're going to do that. And, what the, and you know, it's just part of growing up is what we say. But can I tell you, that's not the way God looks at it. That's not what God said. It is one of those deals there. Today, we surrendered instead of turning to God. We surrender and say, well, it's going to happen and this is going to happen. Hey, we condemn our kids to lostness before we ever raise them to righteousness. It's like this. The world says there's no sense in trying. It's going to happen that way. By the way, I'll just say it like it is tonight. Even your public school system today does not only say that it's going to happen. They teach them how to make it happen. Look what they did. But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord, God of Israel, and sought him, he was found in them. We don't seek out God. We're, we're not looking for God the way that we ought to be looking for God. We think that God is on our timetable. God is working the way we, he, you know, we, it's almost like this church, and I don't mean to be too ornery about it, but it's almost like this. We think God's give up, and God hadn't give up. We give up. God didn't change. We changed. God didn't move. We moved. God's not the one sitting there going, you know what? There's no hope. Might as well go on. It's us who says, well, there's no hope. We might as well go on. Nothing's going to change. We might as well let it happen. I, I mean, to be honest with you tonight, church, I, I, let's just be truthful about the matter for just a moment of time there. And a lot of these things that we look at, we don't think anymore today, hardly that they're any big deal. It, it's just going to happen and we just let it go on. Uh, but the truth of the matter is this. If we got back to the nature and understanding this, that while at the same time that we think it's going to happen and, and we don't think about the consequences of eternity in it. In other words, uh, doing sex and, and outside of marriage and all the other things and the drugs and the alcohol and everything going on there. Uh, pornography and filthy music and music, movies and all this other. And we don't think anything about it. We keep saying, you know what, I'll just try to teach them the right way. I'll try to show them Jesus. I, I'll pray for them. You, you know, we, we, our prayer for lives a lot of times doesn't match up to the size of our shoes. And at the same time, we think, well, you know what? They're going to grow out of it. Eventually, they're going to see what's right. My wife was reading today. There was three people died yesterday up in our area. Our area. One was 29, one was in their 30s, and the other was in their 40s. Three people walked out into eternity yesterday. Just think about this for a second. It wasn't very long ago, there's a young man up in our area. I was looking through it, and I, I don't know why I do this. Maybe you're one of these people who do this. But I'm, I, I go to looking to see if somebody I know, because I hadn't heard anything about it. I tried to just go in there and look at the obituaries, and I started looking through there, and I started reading up there. There was a young man, 12 years old, died up in Springdale not very long ago. 12 years old. You say, Brother Hardy, do you believe he went to heaven or hell? I, I'll be honest with you, I, I think he's in heaven. But I don't know. God may have spoke to his heart. He may have rejected God. That's between him and God. But the truth of the matter is this. Age has no variance. Death is coming no matter what age it is. We were listening to some folks the other day on the radio who, who was telling somebody else that they stole their child's life. They stole their child's future. Can I tell you? If you leave this walk of life, I don't care how you leave it. You don't leave it until God calls you out. Three people. 
Two of them died, one of them walked away. I don't understand that. But can I tell you, God knew who was going to die when they died. It was just that way. But today, again, we say, well, you know what? Uh, it's going to happen eventually. Listen to me. We would stop our children. We would stop them from, and I've got a pistol on my hip this evening, but we would stop them playing from playing with our guns. If it was loaded and they could shoot themselves and we seen them playing, we would go get them. If you don't go get a, child, a gun out of a child's hand when they absolutely don't have no business having that, in other words, it ain't a mom or dad or somebody sitting out there in the woods with the children and they're under control, they're under the authority, they have absolute control of what's going on with that gun, you get it out of your hand. And if you don't get it out of their hand, you have no business having one. So I ask you, if the fear of a gun makes you react to a child in a way, in a manner that says, i got to get that out. They're going to hurt them. They're going to kill them. Something bad is going to happen. What about sin? Eternity is hell on. Yes. We just keep rolling on down the road thinking sin's coming. Oh. It's going to happen. Might as well let it happen. I hear people all the time saying, what's going on? And, and, and listen to me carefully. We, we've done carried our soul, ourselves so far down the road today, we can't recover some things. But in the day, when a child went to school, they got reading, writing, and arithmetic. They got Bible too, though. They sent a prayer before school started. They sent a pledge of allegiance to the flag with school. Today they don't have prayer, they don't have allegiance, and they don't have any, any other thing. And they've got all kinds of things that don't belong to school today. Amen. And parents go, what can I do about it? Get your kid out of school. If the school ain't going to change, change the school. I'm just being honest with you. Churches, we got enough places we can put kids in and educate them. We just thought, well, we can't do that. Yes, we can. We just won't do that. That's the whole problem. We have no solution. Yes, we do. It's called God. But we can't do that, brother. Yes, you can. You just won't. Psalms chapter 27, 22, verse 23. It says, ye that fear the Lord, praise him. Think about that one for a minute, church. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. God's worthy of praise, but let me tell you something. If you praise the God you're afraid of, you'll have a good relationship with him. If you'll understand that God has authority and you'll praise him, you'll have good relationship with him. But he says, ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye, all ye the seeds of Jacob, glorify him and fear him. All ye seed of Israel, for he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, neither hath he hid his face from him, but when he cried unto him, he heard. Do you realize this? That God hears our cries. And God does not turn it. And when, when, you're, going, when you're going through a struggle, God, God's not turning his back and going, you know what? I don't really care. It don't matter to me. Let them suffer. Let them go through it. I'm going over here. I've got something else to do. I, I, I think about this and bless my wife's little heart. I mean to tell you, and I say little heart, she's got a great big heart. She, got, she, she listens to moans and groans and complaints all the day long sometimes, not just from me, but from the kids and other people will call and, and stuff. And here she is, she just absorbing it all in. And at the end of the day, I'm sitting there going, I'd be crazy by now. God gave her the gift of listening. There are some days when she says, I don't want to hear it no more. I just have enough. My tank's full. 
But do you realize God's like that? He's waiting to listen. He's waiting to hear. He, he, he sees what's going on. And, and, and when those that are living in the affliction and the afflicted life and, and they're tried, God, God doesn't look down and say, you know what, I don't care. Instead, God says, I do care. Tell me about it. I, I want to hear what you're going through. I want to hear what's happening to you. I, I want you to turn and talk to me. Instead, instead, listen to me. We say sometimes, you know, it's like talking to somebody. It's like talking to a brick wall. And behind these these uh, uh, pieces of paneling, this is all brick. If you've ever seen the old pictures, this is all brick. If you've been here before the panel was up. But behind it, and you know what? Sometimes it feels like you're talking to a wall. Why? Because you're not talking with your heart. You start talking to your heart, you realize God's listening. It says, My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my vow before them that fear him, that the meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord. And all the kindred of the nations shall worship before thee. The, the simple act of turning unto the Lord. Now, by the way, church, I've only got one more passage to go to. Because turn unto the Lord is only found four times in your Bible. This word of God's true. Four is the number of gospel. Here's the gospel truth. Turn unto God, and everything's going to be so much better than what you even think it can be. It's just amazing what will happen when you turn unto God. So go now over to the book of Joel, chapter 2. Joel, chapter 2. My Bible, I just looked it up. It's page 802. Start at verse 10. The earth shall quake before them. The heavens shall tremble. The sun and the moon shall be dark. The stars shall withdraw their shining. Now, now think about this. This is the coming day of the Lord. It started off, and I should have done this. It started off in verse 1 says, Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. Now, now think about this, church. This is Joel, the Old Testament. God had made some promises and we get to the New Testament and we have John the Baptist who's a forerunner of Christ and he says that Christ is the light. The true light has come to the world. Jesus is here but a short time, 33 years, three years of ministry. We see this and he says, I go unto the Father and if I go unto the Father, I come again unto you. And here we are, John the Baptist preaching, going out preaching that behold, the day of the Lord, behold, the day of the Lord. He's, he's telling them that things are going to change there and it's been different ever since. But he says, blow you the trumpet. In other words, make a noise. Let somebody know. Then you jump back down here to verse 10. The earth shall quake before them, the heavens shall tremble, the sun and the moon shall be dark, the stars shall withdraw their shining. And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army. His camp is very great, for he is strong that executeth his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible, and who can abide? It. Therefore, also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your heart and not your garment, 
and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth to him the evil. Who knoweth if he will turn and repent and leave a blessing behind, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call an assembly. Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and those that suck the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her chamber. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar and let them say, spare thy people. O Lord, give not thine heritage to reproach that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? I think about this for a minute. He said in verse 13, to rend your heart and not your garment and turn unto the Lord your God. Why? Because he's gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and repenteth him of the evil. God's got a judgment set out. And the only way to change the judgment of God on your life and my life and even possibly in this life for a little longer is to turn to him and to seeking and following and serving and loving and honoring and putting first, elevate him high and don't leave him behind. Would you stand with us this evening? Father, I'm thankful tonight for your love and mercy. And I'm thankful, dear God, tonight for the way that you've given us thy word, Lord, to understand it, to see it, so that we can heed unto it. Dear God, the way that you desire for us to change, Lord, I pray this evening that we would do so according to the desire that you have for us. Dear Lord, we ask you to touch the hearts of each of these that are here and help those, Father, who might hear this at another time. And dear Lord, I pray this evening, Father, with true hearts, with true hearts, dear God, may we seek thee out and follow thee. Lord, I'm so grateful tonight for all that you've done in my life, and I pray, Heavenly Father, help me, Lord, be alive for thee. Lead us, Lord, draw us close and help us. In Christ's holy name we ask, and amen.